0: All right, welcome back or welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast, where we sometimes discuss US Olympic athletes, adult film stars, and yes, sportsman drag racing. I am joined as always by my co host, the one, the only Big Jed, Jared Pennington. Big Jed is in Alabama. I'm in the southern tip of Illinois. Jed, what's new?
1: Bogak, just, uh, you know, same old, same old around here, but starting to feel like racing. I said that last week and it's getting a little closer, got the foot brake 150 coming up here. Um, not this weekend, but the next, so pretty excited about that. JJ and I went and tested blueberry at the good time, um, Sunday. So, you know, starting to, starting to feel like racing time. We're getting,
0: we're getting jacked up around here. How How was testing and perhaps more importantly, did you have a good time? At the good time. Uh testing was
1: um good. Truck was really good, not quite as fast as we anticipated. Did it get a wheelie? It it tightened up just a little. So it did a wheelie, but it was nothing crazy. Um, we can we can loosen her up and get after it a little bit. Um, but my 17 year old will be driving it, so we're not going to do anything wild and crazy. Uh track was phenomenal. Uh Russ and the gang had the racetrack. Prepared perfectly, it was a lot of fun. But you know, look—I mean, I shouldn't say this on open airways, but um, the bathroom situation at the good time probably needs a—you know—just a little bit of attention. Um, I would like to see Russ uh, go ahead and step up and work on the bathrooms, just just a tick at the good time. That was that whole that whole area just needs some 2023 attention.
0: For the loyal listener not familiar with the good time, give us an overview. Give us a what? What's the bathroom situation like in in, in the Cliff's Notes version?
1: Well, I was on the spectator side. Uh, it was a packed house, um, some saturated pits. So they were they were parking near the return road or on the return road in the in the pit side. So I was on the spectator side. Um, and the men's bathroom is uh, is a uh, you know uh, a trough. You know to to go in there and handle your business and uh and you know it's it's kind of wide open uh looks a little splashy to me you know what i'm saying and uh not not a not a huge fan and um then the one uh stall is, is it should be just called a star because it's not complete uh it doesn't have a door so um you know if you did have to go in and and sit down for any reason Um, You know, you're guarded a little, but (laughs) you're kind of on display just a smudge there. So, and then when everything's all done, Luke, uh, if you're looking for a sink to to clean up with, um, you'd have to ask them to let you in a concession stand uh, because that's uh, that's the next closest one. So, um, you know, I love Russ and the Good Time is going to be a place we visit fairly often uh, this year. Great program, great racetrack good people, uh, new AccuTime timing system. It's got it all. Concession stands. Phenomenal. Just, I'm going to bring my own bathroom with me uh, when I go to the good time, just, just because. I know we wasn't really prepared to talk about that, but.
0: I love it. I'm here for it. Um, yeah. The last time that I was at the good time, it's been probably a decade ago. It was pre the current renovations, right? So I haven't even seen the new good time, (laughs) but it was was not the exact same restroom that you're referencing. It was on the pit side, which makes this story make a little bit more sense. And if I've told this before on the podcast, I apologize, but I kind of ran in between rounds to just take care of business quick at the trough. And I had to do a double take, like I had to kind of do a pump fake because (laughs) next to me at the trough, (laughs) Was a man who I assume was racing, because he had on his open face helmet, <laughs> letting her fly. So uh, lots of good stories from the Good Time yes. Restroom. I have one follow up question from the Good Time: Did it hook like a bear?
1: It hooked like a bear. That, that place was working great. Uh, they were having they were having some of everything. No time, you know, pro tree guys and motorcycles and a couple of those no time guys. I mean, stuck the nose in the moon. You know, it just stood straight up. Just track was excellent. Those guys, they really do a great job. I don't don't let me don't let me fool anybody into thinking you shouldn't go to the Good Time because if if anybody listening has an opportunity to go to the Good Time, get there. It's a it's got IHRA uh, affiliation this year, and I I have said in my bowl predictions, the top bowl uh, IHRA world champ will come from. Baileyton good time drag strip
0: the, the last time I was at the good time it was the talk of the stage and I said I don't think I've heard that anywhere else hey man how's the track hooks like a bear if I heard it once I heard it five times it, <laughs> hooked, it hooked like a bear I never forget it
1: bear bear, quick, bear bear digs in you know what I'm saying it makes you know sense saying.
0: it makes sense yeah. it's just it was new to me quick follow-up for the hashtag loyal listeners we, we, we touched on this shoot nearly a month ago did, you, did, did, the, did the baby Jeds, the junior Jeds, end up going undefeated? Did we close out the basketball season in style?
1: Actually, we did, Luke. Uh, appreciate I appreciate so. you asking. Um, the, uh, the Morris uh, 8U basketball program uh, that we were a part of went undefeated. Um, I don't know if everybody understands, but basically what that means is we won every game we played. Luke and you know you never really know how great your league is we we were the last pick in the first round so we got the basically the the last first rounder and you know you say the worst first rounder but we got the last one in the first round so that's usually the team that doesn't uh, compete very well so we win we we go undefeated we're not real sure how good our league is our all-star team which had uh, our two best players on it absolutely destroyed the competition in all stars. And I'm talking about winning like 31 to two and 31 to four. And yeah, it was total domination. So we had a stout league. We took the last first round pick as our, a player and basically just, you know, I mean, we did what we did.
0: It, it just goes to show coaching matters.
1: Well, you know, there's not a whole lot of coaching in there. <laughs> you yell, uh, shoot it. You yell, pass it. And you yell, take it. And sometimes they do one or all of those. And maybe it works out. Maybe it doesn't. But, you know, our guys did uh, did a great job.
0: You know what? I, I yelled a lot as a coach. I started the season yelling, shot! But I, I think it confused them. So I just yelled, rebound! <laughs> we had a lot of that.
1: <laughs> yeah, we yelled rebound a lot, too. Good point. <laughs>
0: All right, let's turn the page to what we're ultimately here for. We've got two big dollar bracket events to discuss, but Big Jed, let's start. Let's start with the baby Gators because it was just a couple weeks ago that within our Bold Predictions episode, we each, we both of us, Jed, we tried to pinpoint one single individual who we would predict to win an NHRA World Championship of literally seven to 900 competitors in each category that will earn points throughout the NHRA season. It's like picking a needle in a haystack. While there is a long season left, Big (laughs) kid. right now today, we look pretty good. Your pick to claim the 2023 NHRA Super Gas World Championship, Sherman Adcock Jr., when you picked him, he had already won his first event in Orlando. That was five rounds. He backed that up with seven more win lights in Gainesville. As we speak right now today, Sherman Adcock Jr. is undefeated in super gas competition in 2023. He has ran his record to a perfect 12-0. and How you feeling, Big Jed?
1: I feel really good, Luca. I mean, Sherman's my guy. You know he's a he's a veteran, he's talented guy, got great equipment, and the last thing Super Gas wanted was for him to get off to a twelve and zero start, because you know Sherm don't have a lot of bad days in Super Gas, um, and he is uh, he's right where he wants to be uh, sitting atop the the field, so um, feel really good about you know Sherm at least staying relevant. Basically, all year, you know, I think he's going to definitely give himself an opportunity, which is, um, you know, that's half the battle when you're picking a winner in February.
0: 100%. Sherman told me once is you just got to get to your six and eight. Sometimes you start good. Sometimes you finish good. Sometimes you do good (laughs) in the middle. You just got to get to your six and eight. This now time I'm we're sure. off to a hot start. Sherman last weekend, he defeated a uh, top 10 finisher from last year, Joey Ship, in the final round. As we've discussed before, Sherman Adcock Jr. is vying to become the Super Gas category's first three-time world champion. In fact, only Sherman, Sheldon Gecker, and myself have won two Super Gas world championships. So he's in rare company there, looking to distance himself from that field. And assuming that that is the goal, Big Jed... You can't get off to a better start than 12-0. As Anthony Bertozzi once told me, in fact, he was, I believe Anthony was quoting his father, Big Jed. He said, my daddy told me, my daddy said, you can't win them all if you don't win the first one. Well, Sherman Adkite Jr. not only won the first one, he has won the first two. Um, Not sure if that undefeated streak will stay alive for another weekend. Sherman is entered at the Gators. But if he goes three for three, I, I might, we might be getting into Brad Burton territory there, Big jet
1: Oh, uh, Mr. Bertozzi was obviously a very, very smart man. And uh, not only did he get that right, you know, he set Anthony up pretty well for life too. So yeah, really smart man. Uh, probably one you'd want to listen to when he talks, he, but he
0: might've been onto something,
1: <laughs> but definitely uh Sherm's, uh, you know, and off to a wonderful start and um, you know, probably better than he had even hoped I don't think you you go into a, such a difficult category even hoping to go 12 and 0 you know you probably hope for a, a final and a, a, a semi and you know you lo and behold you make a couple of finals and then lo and behold you win both of them so Sherman uh, making this look good right here with that pick and uh, and I'm excited for him hopefully that continues on Luke uh, you you made a pretty solid pick yourself
0: Sherman was your needle in a haystack. My needle in a haystack was one Tyler Bohannon, who, oh, by the way, also kicked off his season with a victory in Gainesville. Tyler won Stock Eliminator. Now, if you really study this closely, you will realize (laughs) that Tyler actually did not kick off his season in Gainesville. He was at Orlando. But guess what, Big Jed? He lost early at Orlando. You'd think that would count against him. It would count against most. That's a bad outing. What would he do, Lou? Tyler waved it. He waved it. He waved it's it. Waved. I said it would happen. What a great call! I said it happened five times this year. It happened at the first race, and it might have an impact so on the your guy. I hope it does. I hope it does, Big Jed. Good call, Tyler. Way to wave that first one. Way to claim Gainesville. Good call. So
1: I picked a guy that had already won a race and and was sitting in good shape and and basically racing around his home area. Uh, you picked a guy that waved his first race. I picked and, a guy
0: that I thought lost first round at Orlando. Little did I know he was just practicing.
1: Yeah. So he waved his first one and you picked a guy that's, you know, this is not his wheelhouse. Although Tyler's ultra talented and can hit the bottom, top, middle, whatever. It's not his wheelhouse. You still picked him because of his talent and ability and he goes out. And what did he do, Luke?
0: He won he the damn race. The
1: damn race. That is excellent. <laughs>
0: to be fair, I said that Tyler Bohannon would win his first world championship. I give. I did give myself a couple outs. So I didn't call a category. If I had to pick, I might have leaned towards Superstock because that's more his wheelhouse. But go TV. Go TV. <laughs> so, like I said, waved Orlando, won Gainesville. So, Technically, for all intents and purposes, we've discussed this before. Intents and purposes, not intensive purposes, right?
1: Intents and purposes. I thought thought you
0: corrected me on that. For all intents and purposes, Tebow batting 1,000 here in 2023. He's also in the Gators this weekend. Some other notable results from Gainesville Big Jed. Former two-time world champion Jeff Strickland got the top dragster win. He defeated Vance Houston. Former... World champion John Laboose Jr. runner up in Supercomp to Junior Houston. So the Houston family had a big outing in Gainesville. They've actually yeah, the been on the rules.
1: Yeah, those Houstons, tough racers, uh just, you know, good people down to earth and out here enjoying themselves and racing well, father and son doing it together. I mean, that that had to be a spectacular weekend for them. Really happy to see the Houstons get off to a good start as well. And, you know, obviously. John LaBoose Jr., former world champion, you know a guy that we're going to talk about a lot. We always do because he's always putting up great results. And then how about my man, a Little Strict Roll Tide from Red Bay, Alabama? Uh, the facility he was racing at is bigger than his hometown, and he takes the the, the little small town hot rod and goes out there to, to Gainesville. Or goes down there to Gainesville and gets a. Gets top dragster win, so happy for Lil Strick as well. He was he was a little more quiet the last year or two than he typically is. So off to a good start, and uh, I'm sure he, he's committed to to running plenty of races. So hopefully, Lil Strick keeps his name up there in the mix all year long.
0: Kentucky Superstock standout Nick Morris made the trip south, and he made it pay off with a Superstock victory. Knocking off a who's who in the process, Big Jet. I don't know if you look through the box score for Nick Morris. He defeated Todd France. He defeated, um, is it Travis Donahue Now Dunahoo's won a bunch, right? Hugh Meeks, Irvin Johns, one of the Warners. They were both in late. I'm not sure if it was Brian or Byron. And then Ronnie Huntsbury in the final. So congrats to Nick Morris starting off the season with the Superstock victory. David Eaton continued his reign in Division II competition eliminator. The Gators and the Baby Gators, always a big field in comp. Eaton rolled through that big field, got the win over Jim Greenhead.
1: Look, you've got the box scores put up here for us uh, or for for those of us here looking at the show notes. And um, it looked like the Warners was trying to do something pretty special if you look across there at Ronnie's box score as well. Uh, an E5 victory over one of the B Warners, and an E6 victory for Nick Morris over the other B Warner. So the Warners uh, all perennial powers in Superstock stock competition, uh, trying to do something pretty darn special, It worked out where they were going to be on opposite sides of the ladder. And I'm sure right around E5, they were thinking, you know, this could be another dream outing for us. But obviously, Nick and Ronnie stopped them short. But Nick, went through a gauntlet you know wasn't just unbelievable on the tree but was solid was real solid and outside of one little miss there in a3 had a you know a small window to work from so he was keeping uh, some consistency and um, and got himself off to uh, you know ultimately the, the kind of start that he wanted to do there in
0: Gainesville. And I think it's fair to say, Jed, I mean, we're looking at a limited sample size to this point. I would imagine perhaps one of our loyal listeners will actually do a little bit more in-depth study on this. But keep in mind, this, the range specifically in superstock, maybe to some extent in stock, um, like I think you can kind of throw out previous history to some extent. Like what we're looking at is non-blocking superstock, And just from the early results, I, I do think that the range has opened up a little bit at least field wide so I don't think it's fair to compare some of the box squares that we see now to some of the box squares we've seen in recent years um we'll see if that trend continues I think the the natural progression will be for it to just continue to tighten up as everyone gets more and more comfortable but it, I, there's definitely an adjustment period because I don't think it's hyperbole to say that half the super stock field was block in the top two like I think it's close I think it was close to 50 percent.
1: Luke, that's an excellent point that I didn't even consider. That's definitely going to, uh, has to loosen things up just a little. And when you look at this box score in terms of knowing that that he wasn't able to block, now nah, it gets a lot more impressive. So uh, I, I slided Nick a little bit right there on those results, but you come in and save the day with uh, with good information. And, uh, you know, as I look across over to, to Ronnie's, you know, it does indicate that not being able to block is a challenge. Uh, and it it does change the game somewhat. And I think you're going to see a lot of that this year. So, really good point right there.
0: In fact, just looking through that box, I see potential bad beat of the weekend. Does it jump out to you? My man, my man, Kent Hanley. I don't know what he laid down in the other lane, but he just happened to catch a 16 package in between, like, Oh yeah, okay. one hundred plus packages. So tough break for Kent Hanley. Moving oh, on. Oh
1: yeah, and and <laughs> and Warner obviously turned it red. I mean, there's no way. That would no be way. my
0: assumption. Yeah. yeah. Super Street, the 1090 category. Big Jed saw Mike Griggs defeat Rudy Matthews in the final round. And of special note to you, your boy Big Jed, John Rollins continues his bid for the Super Street National Championship. We remember talking about John after he won the division two opener in Orlando, he backed that up with a semifinal finish in Gainesville. So again, we're we're tracking that closely, tracking that closely. Super street national championship, John Rollins definitely among the early contenders.
1: Yeah, definitely was pulling for John to continue to have good results. Uh, He's one of my buddies down there. So really happy to see him win. He's, he's talented and deserving, uh, and Luke is, is we'll talk some about the the actual Gators here coming up in just a little while on the show and some of the some of the fun that we're going to have with that trying to figure out results uh, in the future. I noticed John's not on the entry list. So I don't know how you skip your home um, national
0: I'm sure there's a logical reason for that. I didn't even realize that they were running Super Street until this week when I was looking at the entry list. Like that's not something that's normally on the on the itinerary of the Gators. I'm a little bit surprised that John Rollins would miss that at his home track, but perhaps it filled up before he could get in.
1: Yeah, that's that's very likely. I'm sure um, getting off to a hot start was uh, is is wanting him sending him to some more events, and maybe that one was already full.
0: Sorry, still muted. One other note from Gainesville. Rich Smith defeated John Benoit in the top sportsman final, which was a pretty epic final. A pair of 650 hot rods. Uh, Smith and Benoit qualified fourth and fifth, respectively. Uh, a special note there, and obviously kudos to, to Division Three runner Rich Smith for getting the win. John Benoit, pretty revered racer, I think that's fair to say, in the top sportsman community. Very well-liked individual. He'd been out for the past year, maybe year plus, battling some health issues. Obviously, John Benoit's back. John Benoit is back, Big did And uh, and he drove to the final. So I know that a lot of people in a lot of places were really happy to see that. So kudos to John Benoit as well.
1: Yeah, great way to come back for John. Uh, definitely a guy that that knows his way to the winner's circle in, uh, in that category. And, you know, obviously with what he's battled, being able to come back and and just get right back to it and do what he does, that's uh, that's excellent, excellent outing for him.
0: I think it's fair to say that the big dollar bracket racing season got kicked off in earnest. It felt that way over the weekend. We had big dollar races on basically opposing coasts, not quite to the to the east coast or the west coast, but on the southern coast, a long way from each other. Had uh, the west coast bracket races event in Tucson, as well as the top ball 150 in Gulfport, Mississippi. Let's start, Big Jed, in, in Tucson, where they got a little weather. Did, did you see some of these pictures?
1: <laughs> I did see that, Luke. Uh, unbelievable. You know, I I guess I've heard about that happening in Arizona, Flagstaff around there, uh, when you get kind of mountainous, but I've not heard of that happening in Tucson. And obviously by what we're going to talk about with Dustin Wirtz, uh, I it couldn't have been expected. I mean, nobody could have seen that coming. You don't you don't do what he did if you see it coming. So <laughs> five inches of snow on the ground i think it was thursday morning when they when they get up to get ready to to get things rolling and wow it was it was an unbelievable picture knowing that there's cars on the ground that's going to be racing and the weather was phenomenal it was really good but it freaking snowed the morning that they're getting ready to get things kicked up and running it was incredible
0: that's some of that desert nonsense. Like it gets, yeah, it, it, it gets cold at night. It gets hot during the day, but I didn't know snow was in the forecast. And, and to your point, I'm not yeah. sure anyone else did either. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> they saw that. Chris Whitefield won the weekend in Tucson. I think that's fair to say uh, the, the West coast, if you will, the, the Denver based legend, um, led off the weekend with the main event, $25,000 gamblers race win. That's a 64 car field, kind of the main event of the weekend. Uh, of that event year in and year out. Whitfield drove to victory and that's the second time that he's won that specific race at that specific event. I think the first was probably four or five years ago. Uh, defeated Keith Downing in the final round. Pretty solid final round too. I believe that, uh, I believe Whitfield was like seven take four or something like that. Um, and and just, you can add another uh, notch in the belt, if you will, like another marquee big dollar win for Chris Whitfield these happen everywhere now like right? but specifically out west on one hand i feel like the east coast racers if you haven't already should take notice you should know the name chris whitfield and i think i think for the most part we have right chris has proven himself on every stage he's back to back finals at the at the bristol million obviously had a tremendous success at the vegas million he was in the split last year at the og million like he's definitely definitely earned the respect i think of racers everywhere so on one hand like Easterners take notice of Chris Whitfield. On the other hand, Chris Whitfield, race kid, Dustin Wirtz, Marco Perivolaris. When you think West Coast racing, you kind of think those four. Three of the four, one in Tucson, like West Coasters. Can anybody else win out there? I mean, those guys just run shot over everything, seemingly.
1: Yeah, you know, that's a, definitely a, a group of racers that you see Uh, winning a lot out there. But, you know, in reality, um, I think there's plenty of guys that that show up and do well on their bigger stages. But this is the cream of the crop out there. And I don't think they have enough big money events where that that's a comfortable atmosphere for everybody that's participating. And there's something to that. I think when you're comfortable in that atmosphere, I think it lends itself to better results. And these are big time racers that race all over the country. And that's got to help them a lot. If, if the other racers out West got the opportunity to, to compete on all the stages that that list competes on, you know, there would be a little more mix up in the finals uh, with, with the different names out there. But really, that's um, these guys are, are veterans, well-traveled veterans, and pretty much every every setting is one they've seen before. And I, I think that helps a lot.
0: I found it in my notes, Chris Whitfield, nine take four in that final round opposite Keith Downing. Downing, by the way, 002 on the tree, but I think a couple over the dial-in. And Whitfield put up an impressive box score, which is kind of to be expected, right? He's Chris Whitfield. I was never worse than 17 in the six rounds. That's awesome. Obviously, he won the event. But yet, if you're just looking for like box scores and performances, did you see did you see this?
1: Well, I saw it when you when you put it on the show, but I, on the show notes, but I didn't I didn't see it happen in real time. No.
0: I guess I was digging deep. I I happened to thumb through one of the the press releases from West Coast bracket races. Obviously, Chris Whitfield defeated Keith Downing final round. Prior to that, the semis faced off in the dragster final opposite a name that we're all familiar with. Jeff Sarah. Jeff Sarah, Chris Whitfield. How about that for a marquee matchup to get through the dragster side, advance to the final round? And obviously, Chris Whitfield got the win. Um, I believe Jeff Sarah was two. And under, and Chris was um, 15 total. Like, looked like he dropped it dead on, right? So Chris wins the round. Jeff Sarah's 002 in, in that semifinal round. That was fifth round of the event. Jeff Sarah averaged a 004 reaction time for the five rounds. Averaged, Big Jed. You add them all up for five rounds of competition. Jeff Sarah was 22 on the tree. All five of them. I can be twenty-two on a tree. Hell, I can double that in one round. It took Sarah five.
1: (laughs) Luke, that's uh, obviously um, you know outer space talent. That's that guy's just—he's from a different planet. Um, Incredible, incredible racer, and you know certainly if if he's going to continue to do things like that, we're going to talk about him a ton on the podcast. The most interesting thing to me out of that scenario with those two racers is my buddy Ryan Gleghorn was out there announcing with Nate Hershey, um, two phenomenal announcers uh, that that Forsyth brought in for the event. So well done by Chris and um, you, you know, you don't you you don't really miss anything with those two announcing they're incredible, but we know rg's little rant towards the west coast racers and how he is um he is uh, has no confidence in them and he's he's all east coast all the time obviously uh texas and east coast all the time so jeff sarah is one of the the um examples that he uses you know he'd come out there and he just beat up on you all the time and chris whitfield is one of the guys that he directly attacks with his venom uh so having those two paired up you know Gleghorn, i'm sure was there watching and i haven't seen the Winter circle interview for chris whitfield but I'm just wondering, and I love RG, so I don't mean this the wrong way, but I'm just wondering if he gave RG a little shut-up juice uh, in the interview, the Winter circle interview. And I know he's got a ton of respect for Sarah and knows what he's capable of, but that had to feel extra, extra special to get by arguably the best in our sport and and then to go on and win the race with RG there announcing. Chris Whitfield had a really good day at the
0: track. Yeah, it makes me want to see the interview now because I know, I know Chris wouldn't just outright like these, Chris has a way, I, I know this because he's very vocal, very active within this is Bracket Racing Elite has been for a long time. Chris has this unique way of getting his point across in a way that never makes anybody mad and you just, you, but you walk away going, damn, he got all of us. <laughs> like that was really smart and you can't be mad at him, but damn, like that, that. So I, I would imagine there was some kind of sneaky, like you got to really pay attention to get it, but I I'm willing to bet Chris got his. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm sure he did. I, I do need to go back and look that up for sure. Um, uh, and rightfully so, you know, you, 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 you get attacked on a, on a stage like RG has a platform like RG has and, it's partially in fun, but it's partially that he thinks the West coasters are not as good as the East coasters. And, uh, and you get a, you know, directly mentioned in that rant, and then you, you get the ultimate revenge. I would imagine he had a a jab or two, whether it, you know, it might've been a little nonchalant, but I imagine he got one in there.
0: In all fairness, with all due respect to not just West coast racers, West, but racers everywhere if we're going to set the bar at Jeff Sarah, we all suck. Like that dude's amazing. Right. <laughs> I mean, obviously Whitfield got the better of him here. Like I, if I stack those two up in a best of seven, it, it goes to seven. Like I, I don't mean to slight Chris Whitfield at all, but it's been my contention for like three years that Jeff Sarah is like, if he's not the best I've ever seen, he's the best right now. Right. So if that's the bar, like, yeah. that's not really fair to any of us.
1: Yeah. That's a really good point.
0: I mentioned leading into this conversation, Chris Whitfield, I felt like won the weekend in Tucson. Just following up on that, he win that. wins that opening 64-car $25,000 shootout. The, the race, I believe, it was supposed to be two 10s and a 20 that condensed into two 20-granders. Whitfield, you know, if you just look on the cursory, he didn't make any noise the rest of the weekend. Wasn't in another final. Semi the first 20, lost at five cars in the second after winning the initial 25-grander. Chris Whitfield won the weekend.
1: Yeah, he obviously uh, you know, had a you know had enough good performances around that win to to make his weekend extra special and and certainly um you know the the MVP of the event. But um, you know, I'm sure the competitor in him is still pissed, you know, because <laughs> they that little shut-up juice in the 25 grinder, that would have been a big old cup of it had he got that second one too. So Uh, I know Chris well enough and how competitive he is to know that he uh, he's not really focused on the win. He's, he's wishing that he could get that that quarterfinal loss back or that semifinal, whichever one it was. Well, if it's any consolation
0: in the, in the, the battle, whether perceived or real between Chris Whitfield and Ryan Gleghorn, the money did stay on the West coast, The the left coasters represented themselves very well. Headlined by big Jed, you you teased this earlier, my man Dustin Wurtz, He left his roadster out in the snow one day. Yeah, one twenty grand in dragster <laughs> the next. Luke, that was a that was
1: an incredible picture. I mean, <laughs> it's like you know you because you think what kind of fool would leave their car out knowing that it's about to snow on it like crazy? But Dustin's not a fool. He didn't leave it out thinking it was going to snow on it. He probably left it out thinking, "Eh, it's going to get down to 38 or 39 tonight, so it'll be a little cool." But that's just, I'll leave it out. It'll be fine. And then he woke up and this damn got five inches of snow on it. So (laughs) Dustin, Dustin was as surprised as anybody. But the the fact that the pictures floating around out there and all these little captions and things going with it is just, it, it is internet uh Gold is what it is.
0: the uh, The best post that I saw around that was a friend of the podcast, Mike Boehner. Did you see Boehner's post? Uh, yeah, yeah, I
1: did see his first one I saw actually.
0: So Steve and, boner yeah, is, yeah, your boy boner <laughs> Boehner and uh and Rex simmer maker host of the the Fast Bracket podcast and the man behind Winlight Bets. They're they're the two that I know most outspoken, just Roadster haters, not fans of the buggy, right? Very outspoken. So Boehner's post was something to the effect of proof that even buggy owners hate their buggies.
1: Luke, <laughs> <laughs> you got a buggy. What I mean, what would be, go through your mind if you woke up and went, holy crap, which you probably don't leave your buggy out. But if you did leave the buggy out and you woke up and had five inches of snow and it's a buggy, so it ain't just on it, it's in it. <laughs> I mean, what goes through your
0: mind? Uh, Jed. I can't imagine a scenario in which that's going to happen because I've got a theory on this. I've got, I've got a theory on this, and I don't really care if okay, it's Vega or my son's junior dragster or an open cockpit, whatever. I've got a perfectly good trailer that got them to the racetrack. Why would I leave them outside? I don't <laughs> care if it's 80 degrees and beautiful. I put them away.
1: Yeah, that was that was the other interesting thing about the picture of the the buggy sitting out there is it's sitting beside a trailer that would look like it would hold every car there. I mean, it was, a, it was <laughs> like a ninety foot stacker. Like I would assume, was I could plenty be of room.
0: I, I I could be off base, but I would assume that's how it got there. It was in that trailer. <laughs> yeah, so I no one I what what fair here. assumption. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: A little odd, but you know, <laughs> got got uh, he got a little shut up juice too. You know, like I left my car life. out in the snow, but look what I just did.
0: I can't knock him 120 K in his drag no stranger to the winner's circle. Dustin Wertz, uh, knocked off that big win. And then that was followed up. As we mentioned earlier, Marco Perevalaris won the last 20 grander of the weekend, got the final round victory over a red hot Chad Axford. We talked about Chad a week ago when he was in back to back finals on his Arizona swing there.
1: Yeah, really strong performance again from Chad, uh, going out west and catching up with his old buddies and, and obviously. Getting to compete as well, Uh, you know, a runner up in uh, in Super Comp and a runner up in uh, 20 Grander. Pretty good, uh, pretty good outing for Chad. Um, You know, I saw his Facebook post giving his dad a lot of credit and and, I know uh, Brandon Chioli and everybody that helped him get a car together kind of last minute to make that trip out there and do it. And it's obviously paid off big time. So really happy for him. And happy for Marco. You know, if you know Marco Paravolaris and the Paravolaris family, you know how genuine and just awesome that family is. Uh, I saw Marco's Facebook post giving his sister uh, Layla all the credit for dialing the car and, you know, keeping him just free of any duties other than driving and allowing him to focus on what he was doing. And I texted Marco earlier today and just congratulated him. Such a humble, young man and a, a worthy and deserving uh, winner so you can't help but be happy for Marco and the whole of family that's just a that's a wonderful group you know obviously uh, he and Layla lost their mother and, and and dad lost his wife and she was a wonderful person uh, lost her last year I believe maybe early last year if I remember correctly but Um, they're persevering and still doing what the family does and loving it and still getting great results. So it doesn't get much better than that.
0: My apologies to the Sunday pro winner. I did not catch that in my research. It may be available now, but I do know that Saturday pro, which was the bottom bulb class in Tucson $5,000 to win was won by the same guy that won last year's Saturday, $5,000 to win pro race. No stranger to big-dollar racing or any type of winning on the West Coast at C.W. Hofer. He won Saturday's 5K Pro Final, again, second consecutive season. Knocked off another West Coast legend, won Dennis Paz in that final round. Jed, let's take it to Gulfport, where one Spencer Massey. Yeah, that's Spencer Massey. He opened the weekend by winning Friday night's $3,000 Gambler's Race. And then Spencer Massey. Yeah, that's Spencer Massey. He closed the weekend by winning Sunday's $25,000 main event. It begs the question, Big Jed. Tell me a better top fuel bracket racer than Spencer Massey. Is he the best to do it? Oh, oh. Tell me this, Big Jed. Has Sean Langdon appeared in a million-dollar race final round. I don't think he has, Luke. He has not. Tell me another racer that has won a top-fuel national event and been in the final round of a million-dollar race and just keeps winning big-dollar bracket races. I'd like to trivia, Tanya. I tried to do the research. Maybe the loyal (laughs) listeners will come in with this. I don't think it's been done
1: no i'm gonna say if it's been done i don't remember it for sure um obviously uh, there's not many opportunities for former or current top fuel racers to compete on the big dollar bracket stage or stages so that's a limited number of even possibilities and in that limited number i can't remember it happening Luke. so to say has,
0: has won an NHRA national event in top fuel, never been in the million-dollar race final. Dave Connolly ran top fuel. I don't think he ever won in top fuel. I don't think he's been in a million-dollar race final. Clay Milliken had been in the final of a million. I, I was trying to go through this. I try trying to think through millions. Jeff O'Neill runnered up a million in Atlanta the year it was in Atlanta to Ed Richardson. And something tells me, like, Jeff O'Neill licensed in a top fuel car. Maybe I'm making that up. That's as close as I can get. I mean, Adam Russell won the won the
1: million a couple of weeks ago in a top fuel car, but outside of that, like I got nothing. <laughs> won it in a top fuel car, I love it, and that's, that's that's pretty darn accurate. So, really good stuff there. I was wondering why the heck Adam Russell's name was on the list. That was so good, Luke. You you surprised me, nothing. you got my giggle box turned on right there. That was good stuff. But uh, yeah, I think you're spot on. I think Spencer could with all due respect to the to the list that you have uh, put out there for our listeners spencer could very well be the best top fuel former top fuel current top fuel bracket racer in the history of the sport
0: the guy's really good sean if you're listening that's motivation for the year you can pay me my 10 percent later <laughs> Luckily, Sean don't
1: have time to listen, so we're good.
0: Good point. We're safe. Spencer Massey defeated Shalon Broussard in the Friday warm-up final round. He came back and defeated Lane Como in the Sunday $25,000 race final. Saturday, in between, Saturday's $25,000 main event was one-by-one Chase Gatwood. Big Jed, Chase Gatwood is a is a name that uh, the the that region is familiar with. He and his brother have, have won multiple races in that area, certainly no one to be messed with. But this car, like I don't know if this is something that he's been racing for a while. Like I just pulled up the winter circle picture. It's a third gen Camaro. You can pull this up, and you can go to the King of the Coast Facebook page. Chase Gatwood's machine is a third generation Camaro that I'll be honest, Jed, like with all due respect, it looks more like a A dirt modified than a car that should win twenty five thousand dollars at the drag strip. I mean, it's got mismatched fenders. It looks like the tires don't really fit in the tubs. It just kind of. It looks like a dirt modified car. Am I am I exaggerating?
1: Well, well, uh, you know, it it, it's maybe somewhere in the middle of a dirt modified and a drag (laughs) car, but it's definitely um, it doesn't look like Chase uh, spends a, a tremendous amount of time polishing on the car. So, uh, I get what you're saying, you know, it's all business this car keeps its work clothes on, you know, that's, uh, that's how I would phrase it. But I, you know, the Gatwoods from living in this area. Uh, I know the Gatwoods, those, those boys were really, really good. And they inside all of that mismatch paint and, and dust, there are really good parts and a lot of effort on their racing program. And it shows, you know, uh, if you watch the car, it was repeating like crazy it leaves with wheels in the air. And well, that's what I was
0: getting at. Like, I mean, it had yeah. to, this was an event that was littered with talented drivers and top notch equipment. Like I actually, I think it's part of the story and, and part of what draws us all to our sport that a car that looks like that can go and be competitive against, you know, hundred thousand dollar machines.
1: Yeah, great point. With the uh, right driver,
0: obviously. Yeah,
1: it certainly doesn't look like, um, you know, he's all focused on the looks. It's just all about performance and, obviously, a $25,000 main event win and, uh, in a tough field. Man, that field had a lot of talent in it. I, I got to catch some of that um, Facebook live feed that they were doing from down there. There were some great racers, for sure.
0: I don't know if it's Paige or Mark helping us out here on the, uh, on the show, Doc. But there's a... Part of the part of what I'm getting at with the dirt modified thing, it was a bad picture. Okay. Because I just, I got a good picture here in the show notes of this thing doing a head high wheelie. And it looks like a race car, like a drag car from the other side from the picture. This looks way more representative.
1: Well, Luke, with all due respect, that was a, if you look at it, that was a Turkey beach bash picture from November of 2021. And it is now uh, March of 2023. So whatever caused the fire or the, the crash it was in you know that was between then and now obviously
0: Fair. <laughs> rode hard and put up wet since this picture i'm looking at yeah now.
1: but look you know uh no matter what uh, gatwood boys you you strap them in anything you got and those guys are, are taking it to the winter circle they are a bad bad bunch
0: Kudos to Chase Gatwood, regional standout, obviously, for getting that big win. He did defeat – this was worth noting, too. He defeated Scotty Privett in an all-door car final. Privet made the way down from Middle Tennessee. I uh, believe he's over toward the Jackson-Memphis area. Uh, but Privet was actually double-entered in the semis. Took semifinal and runner-up in that $25,000 opener. So, congrats to both of those guys. You got anything nope. else from Gulfport?
1: Look real quick from that event. I don't know if it was a ladder – or if it was just a pair who you, who you pair, but it it sounded to me like Privet made the choice to run himself at four to advance one to the final and then come up short in the final to Gatwood. So um, I watched some of Britt Cummings live feed there from the, from the lanes and it, it, I think he said Privet's chosen to run himself. So uh, interesting strategy, um, making sure you get to the final and obviously that, that worked out well I'm sure financially for him but you know in that spot in a 25 grander do you do you feel like you would have made sure you were the first one of the lanes and and let's
0: go I'll say this Scotty Privet far more disciplined than I am because I get to that point Big Jed and I'm not saying it's the right way to approach it but at that point I've won what I've gone like I've gone in a trap 14 times without not seeing my wind light come on. You cannot convince me anybody's gonna whip me. I don't want to run myself in, in the semis because I don't want to win. I want to run myself in the final, and ain't nobody gonna stop me at that point. That would be my mindset. And you couldn't talk me out of it. So I may go bam, bam, lose both semis and go home with a thousand bucks. And Scotty Pivot probably went home with 15. But there ain't no way I'm trying to run myself. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I think I would be dumb enough to try to to do it the way you said that you would do it. And uh, I probably would have lost both of them in the semis. So good for private making a good decision, getting himself to the final.
0: Yeah, 100 percent. All right, Jed. So we open the show. Talking about these predictive powers that we seem to have somehow amassed between us over the course of the last couple of months we're just picking world champions, just right out of the woodwork, right here, bam, right? Tyler Bohannon, Chairman Adcock, go. Let's put it to the test and just prove either how, how, how much of a mystic we really are, or just how much of this was a complete shot in the dark. We're not going to do this at every race, frankly, because it loses its fun at some point. And, and I'm not sure that it's good audio, but it is the first NHRA national event of the season. It's the first time that we've ever opened the season with the Gator nationals. And I don't know about you, Jed. I don't know about our listeners, but I'm fired up. It's the freaking Gators. We're going to get it started. I think we should go through the field in each of the sportsman categories and see how good we are. Let's pick one winner, 50 plus entries in every category who's going.
1: To win? Okay. So obviously uh, we, we've got a listed here on the show notes do you want to you want to just go category to category back and forth or how do you want to do this
0: yeah like can are we going to make it to where we can we we is it like a draft where we we're, we're not picking over each other
1: um yeah like, if you
0: pick somebody to win Superstock, i can't pick the same guy is that is that the rule well
1: well i, I you know in, in all transparency i saw your i saw your notes so uh <laughs> you had a couple of choices that i thought were were spot on but I, I went a different direction just so just so we didn't have the same guys
0: okay okay um yeah I'll let you have the first pick we'll go we'll start we'll we'll work, start at comp and work our way down just the way that the entry list shows
1: yeah sounds okay. good so in comp uh you know I don't I don't even know a lot of comp racers so I tend to lean to the people I know but I know his hot rod is stupid fast we've discussed that I know that he got a bad beat in the water box at his only event that he raced at this year. And I know that he is capable of matching everyone's performance on the tree and even beating it. So, therefore, I have picked bad Brad Pleward in the buggy to win Comp Eliminator.
0: He should get an honorary pick every time he enters Comp simply for having the balls to strap in that thing. My 629
1: God. at two sixteen, yeah, and wow. I, I said did you really go 629 that freaking thing he said yeah but i've been 619 i'm done
0: that's crazy you, you're gonna have to expand a little bit how, how do we get a bad beat in the water box what happened at Bellrose?
1: it wouldn't crank or something stupid oh. you know simple parts failure uh, had the guy had the guy attempt um on qualifying i know, tell
0: you what big Jet. You set me down in that thing. That's what I'd tell you, too. That's some of it, <laughs>
1: crank. <laughs> <One> crank. <laughs> Your ignition switch is not on, Luke. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, uh, something's wrong. Don't feel comfortable. <laughs> what you got for comp?
0: Brad Floyd, always a good pick. I'm going to go David Billingsley. Billingsley uh, flirted with the national championship a couple of years ago, was making a run at it last season before it got derailed. Uh, had an incident, I think oil filter spun off or something, caused a pretty nasty wreck at Norwalk. He's back. And that's a combination, Jed, that is um, not that unique in competition eliminator in that this time of year, it flies. In the summertime, David Billingsley, a little peanut motor, it struggles a little bit when it gets hot. Right now, Billingsley, nobody you want to mess with. I saw he was deep at the division race. He's fast. Uh, I'll take David Billingsley to win comp. Super stock I could go a couple of different directions here, but as much as that, and and, and like it's normally against my religion to bet against Anthony Bertozzi and I can only pick one, but to our earlier point, Big Jed, Anthony was at the baby Gators and he did not win. And you can't win them all if you don't win the first one. He told me that once. So So I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the reigning champ, the man with number one on the window. Give me Pete. Tag Nolo for the win at the Gators because frankly, if if 2022 was any indication, Pete Tagnolo rarely went to national events that he didn't win. He's entered. I figure win.
1: Oh uh, yeah, super super solid choice there. Um, I don't think that's uh, I don't think that's going out on a limb per se. Nor should you have gone out on a limb. Pete D's in the field picking Pete D is a pretty good choice and option. And I'm sure that, uh, that he'll make some noise down there. Um, you know, I'm going with a guy that has come back out hot. You know, he, he went into crew chief mode for, I don't know. I don't know how long it's been since he raced competitively on the tour, but he's back and he's already off to a really good start in the category. And I think Kevin Helms, you know, it's not a straight shift. It's an automatic. It makes his job just a little bit easier. He's only got to He's only got to let it bang the gears uh, two times instead of three or four times. So I think Kevin Helms is going to get the Gator Nationals. And I'm sure he's won that event before, but he's going to add another National Wally to his very, very large collection of those.
0: Okay, I got to do a little bit of research. I may be confused, Big Ted, but I think at Belrose, Helms was wheeling like something in GTF and it didn't have an a on the end i think he is rolling sticks hold on let's find his oh where's helms Where i is...
1: thought i looked at it and it was um
0: you may be right i may be wrong i'm trying to look the entry list kevin helms entered in okay super stock b modified that would be an automatic yeah okay. okay okay yeah
1: okay. i was thinking it was an automatic but yeah
0: all right yeah, stock so... eliminator stock eliminator at the gators um find my notes again big field i just i'm gonna ride the wave big jet i'm gonna ride the, i called it at the beginning of the year he won last weekend he's staying there he, know, he he knows how to turn on wind lights in gainesville obviously in stock eliminator give me tebow tebow to the front back to back
1: that's a bold strategy cotton uh you know you picking him to go back to back he's all my and, chips in the middle yeah and you know, is he capable? Of course he is, but the odds are against him, but solid pick. You know, I like Tebow. I think, uh, he's got that Corvette's bad hot rod It's great equipment. So I think he's going to give them all they want. I am going with my man. Uh, one of the best Adams apples in racing, Steve Foley, uh, Steve, Steve's Adams apple looks like it's, uh, like something's wrong. Like something got hung in his throat, like a hanger. Got hung in his throat, so um, I think that just puts a little chip on his shoulder, and he's he's going to be a little pissed off. He's going to take that Copo and uh, and get it done in stock. I do have a backup because there's an Alabama racer racing in stock, so I would uh, be remiss to to not mention my man, little Strick Jeff Strickland, and his Copo Camaro as a backup to Steve Foley. Winning stock eliminator to Gators.
0: We've got a stock eliminator field that includes Dan Dan Fletcher, Jeff Strickland, Jeff Adkinson, my, Kevin Helms. My man is making his pick based on an Adam's apple. Fantastic!
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's intimidating, you know. You know he's going to be out of the car, and they're going to see it. And you know Foley weighs like thirty nine pounds, and his Adam's <laughs> apple looks like he's got a coat hanger stuck in his throat. <laughs> you know, pointed forward,
0: of course. Give me a super comp winner at the at the Gator Nations.
1: Well, again, there's Alabama racers and super comp. Um, while I wanted to to choose uh, several guys, my 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 homerness just wouldn't let me go against my man. Julio, Julio, Meeks. Hugh Meeks, your super comp champion at the Gators.
0: There's nothing sweeter than a repeater. A repeater. That's right. <laughs> Julio was your super comp champion at last year's Gator Nation. Yeah, he was. Big Jed looking for the back-to-back. Super comp, obviously, same as at any race, talented field, top to bottom. I'm just looking through here. Hugh Meeks, Sherman Adcock, Ray Ray. Uh, John LaBoose Jr. Like the list goes on and on. My man, Chris Gerritsen has entered. That'd be a, I could go that route. I was going to go a little bit, not off the grid here, if you're familiar with who I'm going to pick in terms of talent, uh, but a little bit off the grid, just in terms of, I don't think, in fact, I'm almost certain, Double D's been close, has not yet won an NHRA national event. That's going to happen sooner than later. My pick is that it will happen this weekend. Give me Derek Denny to win the Super Comp. Gator
1: Nationals. Love that pick. I, I looked at Double D. I saw him on your notes. I saw that you went Jed on us and kind of had two options there, so wasn't sure which way you were going. Wanted Double D, uh, couldn't pick him because I thought that you were going to. And and you know if he if he did win and we both picked him, it would just be tainted uh, because I saw your list first, so I had to go Julio. Um, but. Great pick. I really, I think Double D's a guy with plenty of talent, and he uh, he just has the right mentality uh, when he's out there running. So I think he's going to be a threat for sure.
0: In the 990 category, the smart money is obviously on Sherman Adcock Jr. If you don't want to pick Sherman Adcock Jr., it's hard to overlook John LaBoose Jr. But, again, I'm just going to stretch things out a little bit. I'm going to go back like circa 1988. This dude dominated. He fell off the grid. I don't think he raced for a couple of decades. And I've been watching like he's back and he's making nice runs and he's going fast and he's obviously capable. Give me John Asta to get the super comp, Super gas, I'm sorry. Wally at the Gator Nationals.
1: Uh, Luke, as, this is one of those times where, as a, the you know the color commentator, I, I would really love to throw in some great comments, but uh, I don't think I'm familiar with Mr. Asta's work and his accomplishments. So uh, your your pick um, sounds very firm and well researched. So uh, <laughs> I think you, you you probably made a really good pick, and we're wishing John well. But um, you know your Your, I guess, um, experienced guy might end up facing my experienced guy that I pick. Uh, This is a guy that's been doing this a long, long time, been doing it in the same car a long, long time. And I just got the feeling that Fuzz is going to get it done in super gas. Steve Fur is going to take his Camaro and roll to a national event win in super gas. Probably going to beat Sherman in the final. And Sherman will have his only loss of the season in the final Steve Steffer, which <laughs> will still be is good.
0: Blemish the record.
1: That's right. Helps me win both ways. But uh, but Fuzz gets your your super gas Wally.
0: Fuzzy was he was a Gator Nationals winner.
1: Yes, and uh, so in Super Street uh, again, I looked for John Rollins on the list. He wasn't on the list. I looked for Lamar Stevenson on the list. He wasn't on the list. I'm oh. like. Okay, so those are the two guys I know the mostest and that I'd be pulling for the mostest. Uh, I did see Dan Fletcher on the list and that's a, a you know, that's hard to, to see anybody just getting by him in a, a setting like that. But I picked Mark Smith, Luke. I picked Mark Smith. And that's the reason I picked Mark Smith is because I know Mark is talented. And I know he's good at this 1090 stuff, but I saw in the, in the, the engine area, the engine line that Mark has a, he's got a 82 Ford with a Chevy 632 in it. And a 632 Chevy is going to be making some steam at the thousand foot cone. And I feel like Mark's going to be chasing everybody. And it's going to give him a huge advantage in an atmosphere that's going to be fast really bad fast one round and then it's going to slow down out of nowhere because it's the gators it's going to get hot and muggy and so there these guys aren't going to be reading the temperatures and stuff very well and mark's going to be driving out of the front window like this right here look he's going to be coming up on them like this and then he's either going to do like this or he's going to do this
0: oh uh-huh. okay that's whatever a big, strategy mark needs special. he's got it Special yeah. treat for the live audience there. If you're yeah. listening via the, the traditional means, you, you probably missed out on that. But that was oh cool. yeah, I
1: forgot people listen like that now. My bad. <laughs> 632, like 632 in Super Street.
0: Got some steam.
1: <laughs> ain't no puppy.
0: It ain't slow. It ain't slow. Mark Smith, that's a good pick. That's one of my division three brethren. Man, you look through the super street field. I know super street doesn't get cont- contested at every event. And I realized that, you know, this is the first year we've got a quasi Super Street National Championship. My God, Jed, whoever wins Super Street at the Gator Nationals will have earned it, right? We've got, you mentioned Mark Smith, Tony Jones, Jimmy Raper, Bad Brad Blord. We just talked about him. Chip Johnson, Christy Pascal, um, Keith Mayers, reigning Super Street World Champion is in the field. Donald Webb, that's a former IHI World Champion. Kobe Fuller's won a bunch on the big dollar bracket scene. Eddie Polly's in there. Joey Ship. Rudy Matthews, Super Street legend, Alex Miller, former U.S. Nationals, like they 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 put Super Street and they come from everywhere. Right. Oh, I get to run 1090 national event. Right. Yeah. But there's no one else in the field that's won 100 plus of them. <laughs> Give me Dan Fletcher <laughs> in the Dragon Wagon. I don't believe the wagons ever been entered in Super Street. That means it's undefeated in Super Street competition being driven by the winningest sportsman drag racer in history. If that's not an unbeatable combination, I don't know what is. Give me Dan, the man Fletcher.
1: Very good choice. And and he is mean in that wagon. He can drive from way in front of you. He can drive from beside you behind you. Dan sees dead people. Okay. And this guy (laughs) has tremendous ability to read the situation on the racetrack and adjust to it accordingly he's not scared to hold seven eight hundredths in super street competition maybe a tenth at times uh just ultra talented and a guy that's it's uh definitely gonna be a threat it's gonna be fun to watch him you know i'm obviously the the tree is uh is set up a little different for super street competition so you know, i'm assuming his wagons going to be just fine and it'll get off the starting line in time to to cut a good react luke and uh, give him an opportunity to to get a super street wally out of his i wish that i had done trivia time out of his wallies all of his wallies not just in nationals but all of the wallies that dan fletcher has how many have come in super street i wish that i had done trivia time just one you already knew that
0: no, I'm, yeah, I think that's right. I believe he's got one. Oh,
1: well, I should have texted Dan today and asked that. I need to get better at doing trivia time. So I'm going to do better. I'm going to catch you off guard when one of these shows really soon. I'm going to bust you.
0: I think you're right. I think Dan will have that thing set up to have a good react as long as, assuming that, it hooks like a bear.
1: <laughs> I bet it hooks like a bear. He'll do a great peel out. And then he'll hook like a bear and have a great react. And then he probably sandbag just a little and, and give himself a chance to win.
0: Fair to assume that with literally give or take a ton of weight on the rear tires, that wagon will hook like a bear.
1: (laughs) Oh my goodness. Luke, I just realized I made the same pick as you in cop sportsman. What am I I doing?
0: I saw that. Do you want that? You can, you can claim that I'll go somewhere else. I'll do something on the fly okay okay
1: yeah that sounds really good so while you're while you're looking through your list i will pick my top sportsman pick and and i apologize for taking this one from you Uh, that could have been somewhat planned on my part Um, saj all the way but but you you obviously had confidence in this pick as well stanley all jr gonna be doing some top sportsman racing down there at the Gators. stanley talented dude we don't get to see him on the, at the bracket race as much anymore he used to hit those uh, quite often but i guess he's focusing his efforts on going silly fast right now and, and uh he is uh he's in the top sportsman field so got to go with my man stanley all jr
0: saj all the way yeah you see so that i had saj i think saj was in yeah, the- that's my bad I think he was in the semis at the uh, division last weekend. So obviously, getting some seat time, rolling down through there. It's, uh I mean, it's to to get into top sportsman in anyway is not fair to say it's a bracket car, but it's a bracket type top sportsman car. I think he was down in the 730s or something like that at yeah. uh, at uh, the division race. But yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna take saj from me, there's only one place I can go, Big Jed. It's where I was tempted to go in the first place. I am a little bit disappointed. My man Lester Johnson did advance deep. Into the divisional. I, I want to say he lost in the semis quarters at least. Um, but he was dialed like 630. Lester, that's not what I'm here for. I want to the poll dialed class minimum. That version of Lester Johnson is not only my favorite version of Lester Johnson, it's the best version of Lester Johnson. So Lester, I know you got way more. Let's wick that thing up. Let's get to the poll. Let's maybe get a bye run along the way. Let's chase everybody. In fact, the best version of Lester Johnson is not just dialed 610, Lester Johnson. It's like can go 598, don't give a damn dialed 610. That's my favorite, Lester Johnson. Let's roll that out, Lester. Let's make it happen at the Gators, riding the wave all the way.
1: From SAJ to LJ. And I don't, I I put that, I put Stanley Albritton Jr. on my list at probably, I don't know seemed like 10 minutes before I I left work today. I was just, I was doing performance reviews today and I was going back and forth and sticking a name in here and there. And I think I got in a hurry. I saw Lester Johnson on the list, the entry list. And just, I said, well, that's Luke's pick. I I, I don't even remember seeing it on your list. I just saw him on the entry list. And I thought, well, I know Luke's picking Lester Johnson. So I'll pick Stanley Albritton Jr. And then it shows how
0: much love I have for S.A.J. Because there ain't often I'm going to pick against Lester.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. It does show that. But good stuff. We uh, we have these recorded. We'll get to see how well we do and uh, and talk about this on next week's show. Uh, see um, see if we're as good at picking gator winners as we are um, national points leaders in stock and super gas. So, Luke, I think that wraps us up. I think that's the show. That's it. By, by the way, Andy Klosky. Uh, chimed in and said uh, one so i think you were right uh, uh dan fletcher does have one super street wally and uh hate that I, I couldn't acknowledge everybody but wayne duke said brad ploward's car shut off after the burnout uh, which is exactly when i would have shut it off because <laughs> if i no, burned out and i would have said you know, you <laughs> well. yeah you know what you know i thought i could do this but i can't so I would have clicked it off too. Good call, Brad. And uh, our, our buddies at Going Bracket Racing have been uh, tuning in, and I missed their show today. So I hate I missed it, but um, that's another good show for the listener if you're wanting something else to to watch and listen to. You can do it on Tuesdays and just catch all of us, just kind of back-to-back, Going Bracket Racing and the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. But that wraps us up for today, guys. Um, really good show, a lot of fun. Luke enjoyed it and a uh, good breakdown of – of uh, the gators and the entries and we'll see how we do there and you know uh, made some good picks so far so we'll see if that uh, continues to happen and um, folks if you have anything that you'd like to discuss uh, that we talked about or things that we didn't talk about that you thought we should have you can go right there to the sportsman drag racing podcast facebook page and you can put it on the the show topic where we release the show or or show you uh, this live version of it where you can chat or you can send that to us in a private message if you're not comfortable showing your information to the world. And producer Mark will snag that right out of thin air and let Luke and I know what uh, what you had to say and what we need to do better. Luke, I've seen you um, uh, taking a few notes. So I feel like there's some shouts coming and I'm really excited about it. What you got?
0: Shouts to... Adam Russell's top fuel dragster shouts to Steve Foley's <laughs> Adam's apple, shouts to Bailatin good time drag strip. It yeah. does hook like a bear. Speaking of the good time, shouts to open face helmets and splashy troughs.
1: <laughs> and uh, they go open face on the stalls too. So um, you know, I guess, <laughs> I guess, I guess that keeps you from, uh, from doing anything you shouldn't do in there, whatever, whatever that could possibly be, but <laughs> get to the good time, folks. It's uh, it really is an awesome place to go race. Um, Luke and I are active on Twitter. If you like to tweet, Luke is at Luke Bogacki, B-O-G-A-C-K-I. I am at JP 11 X. We love to hear from you anytime and all the time. Guys, we appreciate you tuning in to the live show. We're enjoying these live shows. I saw a lot of chatter online. Wish we could have got to more of that. I definitely appreciate you guys interacting with us and and helping us with a couple of facts here and there. And uh, certainly appreciate the listeners that are downloading this and listening to it without the visual aid of, uh, of seeing Luke and I. So listeners, thank you so much. We appreciate you sticking in here with us this week and we look forward to talking to you real soon about more sportsman drag
0: racing. Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss or at least reference This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com.